Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be very brief as, as much as possible today and share with you just a simple truth that I pray will bless your heart on this last Sunday at Pattersville High School. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 5. John chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 1. John chapter 5 and verse 1. This is a familiar passage of Scripture, a familiar story that I'm sure you have read on many different occasions about the man who had an infirmity that was sitting by the side of the pool of Bethesda. How many remembers that story? Oftentimes we find ourselves in our vehicle. If you're like me, sometimes I wonder if I'm in my vehicle more than I'm in my own home. And we find ourselves commuting back and forth from point A to point B, you know, trying to, you know, do life, you know, do ministry, uh, see family, whatever the situation is, going back and forth to job, career, whatever. And, and in the middle of the hustle and bustle of life, the craziness, especially us South Carolinian drivers. How I many know we're some of the craziest drivers in this nation? Amen? Amen. <laughs> and, we, and we're doing our checks. You know, we're, we're looking in the rear view mirror. We're looking in the side mirrors. And, you know, we're trying to, anybody that's ever driven with me know I'm, I'm absolutely crazy. I'm a crazy driver. And it's only by God's grace am I standing before you today. Because I've only believed in one speed, and that's over the speed limit. I hope there's no cops here today. <laughs> But oftentimes, if we're not careful, we'll forget the little message. How many knows there's a little message when you look closely at your side mirrors before you switch lanes and, and maybe you're going to the left lane or the right lane and you look at those side mirrors to see if anybody's coming down beside you? How many knows if you look close enough, there's a little Message. I want to submit to you there's a little sermon that that side mirror will preach to you. Can somebody tell me what that message, what that sermon is on that side mirror? Objects in mirror are closer. Somebody say they're closer than they appear. In other words, what, what is it saying? What is the message? That, that this mirror, the way that it is designed, if you're not careful, it will trick you. It will fool you. It, it'll almost be like an optical illusion, if you will. And it'll almost deceive you if you're not careful. you got to realize that the image, when you look in those side mirrors, it may seem like it's way off. But the sermon that that side mirror is preaching to you and I, it is just a reminder to let you and I know that the object that is showing up in that mirror is actually not in the distance. It's not way out there somewhere, but it is actually closer than it appears. So for the next few moments of time, I want to preach to you on the subject of closer than you think. Closer 
than you think. Let's look at John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. And it says this, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, meaning the house of bread, having five porches around it. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there, listen to this, who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? The sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. He basically just gave Jesus an excuse. Nobody will put me in there first before somebody else gets in in front of me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Can you imagine what this 38-year-old sick man was going through? Not sure exactly what his infirmity was. It doesn't give us a specific disease or, or sickness or ailment that he had, but many speculate, according to the details of the story that are given, is that this man was in fact a cripple. It is also believed, according to the details in this story, that, that this angel would appear once a year at the pool of Bethesda would come down and would trouble the waters. He would stir the waters. And according to this story and according to tradition, whoever, there were, there were many multitudes of sick folk that would gather around this pool every day, every day, year in and year out, lame, paralyzed, sick, diseased, full of infirmities. And according to the story, according to tradition, this one time a year that the angel would come into the pool of Bethesda and stir the waters, the first one that was to get into the stirred waters would be healed instantaneously. No matter what the disease, no matter what the infirmity, and so we find out from this story, this man who, who could not function properly, who, who was totally dependent upon someone else to get him into the waters, to get him into the pool. Evidently, he had been coming day in and day out for 38 years.
leaders waiting to attempt to be the first one year after year to get into the water, but he just couldn't cut the chase, could he? He just couldn't get in there quick enough, fast enough to receive the healing because he had to be the first one every time that once a year that the angel had to get into the water to stir the waters. And so for 38 years, he had been trying to receive his miracle. Don't you know this sick man had to be discouraged? Don't you know this sick man had had to almost have a sense of hopelessness in his life? Well, it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. I'm pressing, I'm trying, I'm doing everything within my ability. I'm having to rely on people to bring me here day in and day out. And, And that once a year that the angel shows up to stir the waters, someone's always jumping in before I do. How many times have we found ourselves in seasons of our life where we're needing God to show up, where we're needing God to bring breakthrough, where we're needing God to bring healing, where we're needing God to save prodigal sons and daughters, where we're needing God to bring deliverance, and it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen for us. You look around, you observe other people, you hear others' testimonies, and thank God for that, how God has healed them, how God has touched them, how God has delivered them, how God's made a way for them. But why doesn't it seemingly happen for me? Have you ever been there before? You've given it your everything. You've tried church. You've tried religion. You've been in every prayer line. You've been to every... A conference, you've been to every crusade, you've been to every revival, you've been to every awakening, you've been in and out of Sunday services your whole life, but, but here you are in this season of, of your current life and, and you're wondering where is God at? Why has God not showed up for you? Is it ever going to happen for you? I come by to let somebody know today that you are closer than you think. I don't care how many times you've tried. I don't care how many years you've been serving the Lord. I don't care how many times you've prayed. I want somebody to know and to receive the word of the Lord today. You are closer than you think. Is there anybody in this house today you believe the word of the Lord today? I come by to encourage you. I come by to edify you. Set free family. I come by with a word from heaven today to let us know that we are closer than we think. I want somebody to know today your best years are not behind you, but your best years are before you. Eyes have not seen, neither ears heard what our God has prepared for those who love him and are who are called according to his purpose and I come to tell you that's not just a promise speaking about the hereafter but I believe that's a promise
promise from the Lord that we can receive and walk in right here and right now. I don't know what your age is, what season of life you are in, but I want somebody to know today it's not over. What God has spoken, what God has decreed, what God has said, you can stand on it, you can take it to the bank, and I promise you it will come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This man had been trying for 38 years. 38 years. Don't you know he had grown weary thinking that that he'll never walk again, thinking that he'll never be able to function like a normal person. He had tried over and over and over, missing every divine opportunity. But Jesus showed up. I said, but Jesus showed up. Everybody else was waiting on an angel to show up. But on this particular occasion, 2,000 years ago, Jesus showed up on the scene. You see, I don't know what you're waiting on today. Maybe you're waiting on Dr. So-and-so, lawyer so-and-so. Maybe you're waiting on mama. You're waiting on daddy. You're waiting on your spouse. You're waiting on children. You're waiting on that tax refund. I don't know what you're waiting on today, but I'm telling you what, I'm waiting on Jesus. I'm waiting on the one who created me. I'm waiting on the one who knows me better than anybody else because I'm telling you I found him to be true. He's not a man that he should lie but that which he has spoken he shall perform it in the name of Jesus can I tell you he's better than any doctor I've ever come across he's better than any lawyer he's never lost a case he's never lost a battle he's never lost anybody he's greater he's the great I am he's greater in me than he that is within the world he's all powerful He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. Hallelujah. The same God that's in China is God right here in Powersville, South Carolina. Does anybody believe that today? I said Jesus showed up. And he was drawn to this man who had this infirmity for 38 years. And he just asked this man one question. He said, do you want to be made whole? Notice that he wasn't just concerned with his physical ailments. Do you understand that? When you, when you really begin to understand the, 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 the Greek meaning behind this word whole, you, you, you will understand that he, Jesus was not just concerned with healing his physical sickness. His physical ailment. See, that's what's wrong with a lot of the Pentecostal and the charismatic churches. You know, we, we pop up tents and we do this and we say we're having revival. We're going to have a prayer line. Let me tell you, God does want to heal our bodies. But God's not just interested in healing your body while your spirit is in a mess. Nobody's saying nothing in this house today. We got a lot of people that's walking in healing in their physical bodies, but their emotions are an absolute wreck. Their spirit is in an absolute mess. Jesus asked this man, he said, do you want to be made whole? 
See, what good is it for you to receive healing from your cancer when you're bound up in your minds? What good is it to receive a healing of your diabetes when you're bound up in your emotions and you're bound up in your soul? What good is it for God to heal you of your physical ailments when your spirit isn't even born again? He said, do you want to be made whole? In other words, Jesus said what he was saying to this impotent man. He was saying, I come by today not just to heal you of your, 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 uh, your, your sickness that you've had, your infirmity that you have had for 38 years in your physical body. I've not just come to restore your limbs to give you free range of mobility. He said, but I've come to heal your soul. I've come to heal your mind, your will, and your emotions. He said, I've come by today to heal your spirit, man. I come by today to touch you in the deep recesses of your heart. I'm here to tell you today, there's a God that's in this high school auditorium this morning on March the 12th, 2023, who's passing by by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's come to make you whole today. He's come to heal your physical body. He's come to heal your mind. He's come to heal your emotions. And he's come to heal your spirit man. Glory to God. Somebody lift up your hand and say, I receive it. I receive everything you have for me, Jesus. Spirit, soul, and body. That's what he was asking this man. He said, he said do you want to be made whole? And what did the man say? He began just to give empty excuses. Well, nobody, nobody is here to put me into the pool when the water stirred up. Doesn't that sound like a bunch of church folk? Well, the pastor didn't call me. The pastor didn't come and anoint me with oil. The pastor didn't send me a, a miss you card. Huh? Where are you at? Where are you at, man and woman of God? Well, nobody's called me and checked on me. Let me tell you, I wish to God we would grow up in the North American church. You see, the churches that I, I've labored at through the years and in third world countries and India and West Africa and, and the Caribbean islands, let me tell you, you don't have to baby them. You don't have to pamper them. They're just glad to be born again. We don't have to go make house calls every time to find out where you are at and what you're doing. Let me tell you, they just glad. They like the psalmist David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We don't have to pamper them. We don't have to baby them. When they sign up and they get born again in India, they realize that's a death threat. They realize that they're going against their own government. They realize that they're going against the tide of their culture because it's illegal to, to convert to any other religion other than their ancient religion of Hinduism. They realized they could be expelled from their family. They could be cast out of their village, of their community. They could be locked up. They could be beaten. And ultimately, they could lose their own life. But yet you can't keep them out of the gathering. You can't keep them out of the house of God. You see, this man was full of empty excuses. 
Nobody's here for me. Nobody's here to help me, to help my crippled body into this pool when the angel comes down. And notice the response of Jesus. He didn't join that pity party with this man. He didn't sit here and say, oh, well, you poor thing. Bless your heart. He didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that. What did Jesus go on and say? He just told, he gave him a commandment. He didn't pamper him. He didn't change any diapers. He didn't send the deacon committee after him. He looked at him and he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. In other words, you don't need an angel to stir the waters up. He said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the great physician. I am the healer. I am the I am. And I am in your presence today. And I'm here, I'm here to heal your spirit. I'm here to heal your soul. And I'm here to heal your body. And the Bible says, and immediately the man was made whole. He took up his bed and he began to walk. Yes, he did. What am I saying to you today? I don't care how long you've been waiting. Set free church. If you would have ever told me back Christmas weekend that we would still be here in this school in March, I'd have laughed in your face. Now, maybe those of you who know more about things like this, you, you probably already knew it, but I didn't know it. And I was just going by what the contractor told us. It's going to be about a month. But here we are in the middle of March, and we're still here. Can I tell you what? I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care what it looks like. What God has said and what God has spoken, it will come to pass. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, you don't know. You don't know what report I've received from the doctor. You don't know how my spouse has, has cheated on me and lied on me. Uh, you don't know my money. My money's acting funny. Things are happening. I don't, I don't know where I'm at today. I don't I don't know what I'm going through today. I don't know any of those things. But what I do know is I'm come by to give you a word today. I don't know how long it's been. I don't know how long you've been praying, how long you've been decreeing, how long you've been in the word, how long you've been in the prayer closet, how long you've been fasting. But I come by to let somebody know today you're closer now than you've ever been before. It's not a time to shut up. It's it's not a time to throw in the towel. It's not a time to quit. I come by to let you know today that you are closer than you think. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you're closer. You're closer than you think. I think back to 2020 when God graced the Howard family to come and to join with this beautiful body of believers of Set Free Church. And God opened the door and, and we came on staff in 2020, almost three years ago. And boy, what a ride it's been. <laughs> what a journey it's been. We came on right at the beginning of this global pandemic of COVID. None of us knew, you know, how to really navigate through these pandemic waters as, as really none of us in this generation had ever been in a quote-unquote global pandemic. 
you know, things shut down all around us. We're learning how to do ministry in a different way. We're learning how to do church in a different way. You know, it was, it was unknown territories that we found ourselves in. And then as we began to navigate through these uncharted waters in 2020, and even in 2021, and, and, and other things that was going on, and, and, and so forth. And, and then we, we, we came through it by God's grace. We came through it by God's mercy. We came through it by God's power. And can I tell you, even in the middle of the pandemic, we didn't miss a beat. We grew. God sent in families. God allowed us to become debt-free. We paid off the mortgage. Anybody remember that? In the middle of a pandemic, when other people were having to close their doors, and we don't gloat in that. We pray for our brothers and our sisters in Christ. But God saw us through, and we grew. And then all of a sudden, we thought we were through that. You know, we thought it was smooth sailing from there. And then all of a sudden, our head man, our founding pastor, our senior pastor, gets attacked by the devil. Yes, I said attacked by the devil after we proclaimed in 2022 that this is the year of a Pentecostal pandemic. Cancer hits his body. And we go through 2022 and, and some other unknown territories wondering what it's going to look like, wondering what, what this year is going to hold. But can I tell you that God showed up and he showed out and he brought the man of God out and today he's cancer-free. I said he's cancer-free by the blood of Jesus. We've shouted. We've rejoiced. We've stood on the word of God. Yeah, we had some tough times. We had some challenging seasons. Then after that, we thought, well, surely it's going to be smooth sailing. Surely it's going to let up a little bit. And then all of a sudden on Christmas Eve 2022, when we're getting ready for 2023, a brand new year, a flood hits our facilities. And I get back from vacation and look at me, I'm the one that finds it. Three inches of water at least all over the facilities. I'm wondering what in the world. But God... But God, can I tell you, nothing happens by accident. Nothing is, happens by coincidence. Let me tell you, all things are working together for our good, for his glory. And I still got a song in my heart, Pastor Mark. I still got a worship in my spirit. I still got a shout in my mouth. I still got a dance in my feet. I'm telling you, we said it from January the 1st when we came into this building the devil has tried everything he can to silence us to shut us down to back us in a corner but what he doesn't know is we've already been set ablaze by the fire of the Holy Ghost and everything he does against us it's like pouring fuel it's like pouring gasoline on that blazing inferno it's not going to quiet us down it's not going to shut us down COVID couldn't do it Cancer couldn't do 
it. A flood couldn't do it. For I say when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. I'm telling you, we're coming back stronger. We're coming back greater. We're coming back better. We're coming back more anointed. We shall lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. We shall speak in new tongues. We shall cast out demons. We shall expand the kingdom of God. Somebody look at your neighbor say you closer than you think. I said you closer than you think. Whatever God said, whatever he has spoken, it shall come to pass. You see, if darkness is all around you, that's a sure indicator, Brother Donnie, that you're closer than you think. You ever been in a season of darkness in your life? I'm reminded of Micah chapter 7 when he said, Rejoice not over me, my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. You might have knocked me out this time, but I'm not going to stay out. I'm getting back up in the name of Jesus. And he goes on, he says, when I sit in dark places, that the light of God will break through even in the midst of the darkness. I said, when you find yourself in darkness, it's a sure indicator that you're closer than you think. I don't care how dark it is in your life right now. Can I tell you, the Bible still says in Psalm 30 verse 5, that weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning I want you to know it might be dark all around you gross darkness is covering the globe but also at the same time the Bible gives us this promise that when darkness covers this earth there's a greater glory that's gonna follow in its footsteps and it's not only gonna follow in its footsteps all over this globe but it's going to eradicate the darkness I don't know about you but what this year is all about is the year of the reset we're getting back to glory we're getting back to walking in the glory worshiping in the glory preaching in the glory miracle signs and wonders that's what God is getting us ready for how many will open up their arms a day and say God I want your glory Show me your glory. I don't know about you, but I'm reminded of his servant Moses. He could have asked God for anything, but what did he ask God for? He said, God, I want to see your glory. And God granted his request. I'm telling you, there's a hungry people right here at Set Free Church. That is our prayer. That is our heart's cry. And I want you to know we're closer than we even think. We're closer than we could ever comprehend even when darkness is all around us. It's an indicator that we're closer. How many notice it's always the darkest right before the dawn of day. 
right before the dawn of day. And maybe the devil is screaming in your ear, why keep trying? You're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Why, why not just end it all in this dark season of your life? Let me tell you, when darkness is all around you, that's a sure indicator that you're closer than you think. Again, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. If you are being misunderstood and rejected, you are closer than you think. Did you hear what I said? I said, even when you are being misunderstood and even when you are being rejected, that is a sure indicator that you are closer than you think. One of the greatest stories of rejection in the Word of God is the story of Joseph. How many knows the story of Joseph? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 37 that Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a, a dream and his brothers began to be jealous about him and his dream. Joseph had a dream and his family rejected him because of it. We find in Genesis 37 verse 20, the scriptures declare that come therefore this is his brother speaking let us now kill him. In other words, they have rejected him. Let us now kill him and let us cast him into the pit. We shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. Joseph had a dream from God, and his family did not understand it. They began to be jealous of it, and as a result, they rejected him. His own family came against him. Can I tell you, think it not strange when your own flesh and blood do not understand the calling of God that is upon your life. Think it not strange when your own family does not understand the anointing that is upon your life. Think it not strange when your own family does not receive what God God is doing in your life and they ridicule you and they reject you and they walk out on you. Let me tell you even Jesus' own brothers did not understand the mandate that was upon his life. Sometimes your greatest enemy is those even within your household but don't let it stop you. Don't let it silence you because for the very fact that you are being misunderstood you're being rejected is a sure sign that you are closer than you think. Not only did Joseph's family reject him, but it goes on two chapters later in chapter 39 verse 20, and it says this right here, then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in the prison. So Joseph faced rejection from his family, but then he faced rejection from his master. But how many knows it didn't end there? When you go from verse 20 in chapter 39 to verse 21, here we find Joseph in the prison. We find him in the deep, dark recesses of the prison, but what does verse 21 say? Although his family rejected him, 
His master rejected him. How many knows there was one who did not reject him? And it was the one who birthed the dream on the inside of him. It was his God. It was Jehovah. It was Yahweh. Verse 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison ward. Can I tell you that when God gave Joseph this dream, how many knows the dream did not happen overnight? The dream did not come to a fruition even in a week's period of time. How many knows that in this generation that we are living in, we want everything instantly. We want everything right now. When God gives us a word, when God speaks a promise into our spirit, when God gives us a dream and God gives us a vision, we want to see it happen right now. How many knows what I'm talking about? But sometimes just a set free praise saying a while ago you've got to wait on the Lord hallelujah you got to wait on the vision you got to wait on the dream can I tell you that when God from the time that Joseph had this dream to the time that it come to pass it was 13 long years that Joseph had to wait for the promise to be manifested Joseph went from the pit to the prison and to the palace it was 13 long years don't you know he could have bailed out he could have quit he could have said why am I going through all of this it's not worth serving you Jehovah God but no he remained steadfast he remained true he was immovable why because he knew the principle that I'm closer now than I ever could imagine see it's time for you to develop the mentality every morning when you get up. It might not have happened yesterday but you got to realize I'm one day closer to the fulfillment of the promises of God. I'm one step closer to the fulfillment of the word of God over my life. Hallelujah. Even when the enemy is starting to notice you more. That's a sure sign that you are closer than you think. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you feel like you can't catch a break. You feel like every time you turn, every direction you turn, that you find yourself under an all-out attack of the adversary. Let me tell you, that's an indicator that you are closer than you think. How do I know that? You remember the story in 2 Samuel chapter 5 about this, uh, when David was anointed to be king over all of Israel. You remember that story? In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. Now, when the Philistines, who was the enemy of Israel, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them, O God, into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, 
for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. Can I tell you that the anointing attracts attacks? Did you hear what I said? I said the anointing attracts attacks. So stop looking at all the attacks of the enemy in your life as if God has forgotten you or if God has forsaken you or God has abandoned you. Let me tell you, the, sh the very reason that you are under the radar of the enemy is because the enemy knows you have been anointed for such a time as this. Do you think the devil is going to waste his time on people who are not even doing anything for the kingdom of God? Do you think hell is going to waste her time on a people who are lazy and lukewarm? No, the enemy is going to put his best demons to attack those who know who they are in God, those who have something valuable on the inside of them, those who are walking and operating in the anointing of God. So think it not strange when you find yourself under the attack of the enemy, but realize that that is an indicator that you are closer than you think. I like this story. It goes on and it says this. So David went to Belperism. And David defeated the enemy there. He defeated the Philistines there. And look at what David declared. He said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Belperism. What does that word mean, that phrase, that statement mean in Hebrew? What it means is what he was calling and declaring over that place where he defeated the, the Philistines, the enemy, he was declaring that I serve the God of the breakthrough. That's what Baal Perism is in the Hebrew language. It means breakthrough. Can I come by and remind somebody today that our God is the God of the breakthrough? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what you're going through in your life. I want you to know that our God, Jehovah God, is still the God of the breakthrough. I come by to let you know today that God is about to break through in your life. He's about to drive back the forces of enemy of the enemy in your life. God's about to do something supernatural in your life. Does anybody believe that with me today? That the God of breakthrough is about to show up on behalf of Set Free Church? I want you to know if he did it for David, he'll do it for you and I today. If if he shut the mouths of the lions for Daniel, he'll do it for you and I today. If he stood in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he'll do it for you and I today. If he slayed the giant for David, he'll do it for you and I today. That is the God that we serve. He is the God of the breakthrough. And last but surely not least, as set free praise is coming back, if you are on the verge of a breakdown, you are closer than you think. Did you hear what I said? 
I said, not only when you find yourself in darkness are you closer than you think. When, when, when people misunderstand you and they reject you, are you closer than you think? When, when the enemy is starting to notice you more, are you closer than you think? But even when you are on the verge of a breakdown, you are closer than you think. Maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor, I've, I've been, there's so many blows that have happened in my life, so many disappointments here recently that have happened in my life. People that I never thought would walk out on me has walked out on me. I, I've hit so many lows in my life. I, I, you know, I, I'm just at a place of breakdown. I, I'm at a place of mental exhaustion. I'm at a place of spiritual depletion. Let me tell you, we've all been there. But it is when you at, are at the verge of a breakdown, you've got to shake your Yourself, and you've got to remind yourself. I've had to do that here recently. Shake myself and remind myself that it's not over with. That God has the final say. See, sometimes you've got to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Can I tell you that's what David was good at? David didn't wait on the bishop to encourage him. He didn't wait on the pastor to encourage him. He didn't wait on the man or the woman of God to encourage him. Sometimes you've got to Look at yourself in the mirror and say, self, you're going to make it. Self, you're going to come through. Self, you're going to be healed. Self, you're going to experience breakthrough. Sometimes you got to prophesy and decree the word of God over yourself. Reminded of the scripture, and I close with this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. You know where I'm going. The word of the Lord says this, and I leave you with this. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. What does that mean? You've been doing well. You've been showing up at church. You've been sowing into the kingdom of God. You've been witnessing, you've been praying, you've been in the Word. You've been a man, a woman of character, integrity. You've been doing well. You've been doing your thing. You've been doing a good job at it. But God is speaking to us today and He says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. You know what that reminds me of? That scripture alone. Do not grow weary in well-doing. In other words, when you feel you are at a place of despondency, when you feel you are a place of breakdown, when you feel like you are at a place of, of spiritual and mental and emotional exhaustion, you feel empty, you feel void, you feel depleted, it is at that moment when the enemy is screaming in your ear, what's the use? Give up! Nobody cares anyways. You've been faithful to God, but where is he at? It's at that moment, at that very moment, 
that you are the closest to your breakthrough. Did you hear what I said? You are the closest to your miracle. You are the closest to something supernatural happening in your life. If you would just hold on a little bit longer. If you would just be determined to take one more step, even if you have to crawl on your belly, do it. Because you are at the threshold of breakthrough. You are at the threshold of the miraculous. You are at the threshold of the supernatural. Do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due time, you shall reap if you do not quit. I come with this simple reminder that you are closer than you think. <laughs> I said you are closer than you think. If you could just see from the perspective of heaven, you see all we can see is what is before us, what is around us. But if you could see from God's viewpoint, He sees the entire picture. He is Alpha, He is Omega, He is the beginning and the end. If you could see from heaven's perspective, you would see your sons and daughters saved. You'd see them doing exploits for the kingdom. I don't care what it looks like right now. Maybe they're as lost as lost can be. But if you would just encourage yourself and re receive the word of the Lord today, that you are closer than you think, I promise you, they're about to be saved. Prodigal sons and daughters, this is the season. They are coming home. Healing is about to take place in your body. Marriages are about to be restored. Finances are about to be blessed in the name of Jesus. Revival is here right now. Awakening is here right now. I said we're closer than we could even think or comprehend.